0: The following has been recorded at Cairn University. Any reproduction of this recording without the express permission of the university is prohibited. Well, good morning. It is uh, really great to be here this morning on this uh, conclusion of Heritage Week, Homecoming Week, the homecoming weekend that's in front of us. You hopefully have been paying attention to all of the events and opportunities that are scheduled, not just for alumni, but for you as students. And uh, my wife and I are most uh, excited about uh, this evening at the house uh, and want to extend a personal invitation to you to make sure you come to the garden party tonight. Uh, they're over there decorating now. It's sure to be a hoot. Uh, the dance floor is out there, the tents are out there, the weather is going to be perfect, so come on out uh, to the house and enjoy an evening together over there for this Uh, garden party that we do each year. Really looking forward to tomorrow as well and all the alumni that will be here and for you as students, as I communicated earlier this week, it's always special uh, to watch how the students bless and encourage the alumni and vice versa. So do take advantage of everything that's uh, going on this weekend, an opportunity for you uh, to enjoy some fellowship with those who have gone before you. In fact, that's why I'm here this morning to talk to you in this final week, uh, final chapel of the homecoming week. We're grateful for all the alumni who have participated this week, for all the planning that's gone on to, uh, to make this week possible, for those that have led in worship, for those that have spoken. Uh, I hope uh, and I pray that as students here, the longer that you're with us, the more attuned you will become to doing something that I think will make your experience here not only more meaningful, but more impactful. And That is that you would look for connections You would look for connections between your classes, that you would look for connections uh, in the things that we do outside of the classroom here at the university. And even this week, without over-engineering things, there are some significant connections. You will see connections this morning between what was shared with you on Monday and Wednesday in chapel, the songs that have been sung, the messages that have been delivered, the themes that are being teased out, the events uh, of this evening and this weekend. You will see connections, and that is... That is because we're serious and intentional about who we are and what we do. They're not over-engineered connections, they're organic connections because we are committed to certain things and those things permeate everything that we do. So this morning, the passage of Scripture that was read is one that I want to talk about, in particular the connection that it has to who we are and what we do. It is homecoming week, hard to miss that. It's a time when we reflect on our heritage as an institution and our unity as a community. I want to connect some dots for you this morning, and maybe help you see yourselves as being part of something larger than your own personal experiences in a moment in time. And I believe discussing the name and the implications of it might be a good way to do that. I think I would entitle this message this morning, What Mean These Stones? Borrowing a Line from Joshua Chapter 4. It's actually a passage of scripture that we used in 2012 when we were making the change to Cairn University. And so this morning, I want to tease out a few thoughts related to the name, not just in terms of the institution, but what they mean for us as a community and for us as individual men and women followers of Jesus Christ. Now you know a little bit about who we are and what we do. At Convocation, I opened the year talking about the fact that while we call you to walk a different path, we don't walk just any path. Right? We desire to see you educated according to the ways and the word of the Lord and to follow in that way, that you would walk in a manner worthy of your calling, worthy of the gospel, worthy of the Lord. We're serious about that and intentional about that. If you're listening at all to what we've said to you in the process of recruiting you here or after you've been here, you know that we state without equivocation and without apology that Christ and the Word of God are at the center of all that we are and all that we do here. We say this and we believe this not because it serves our own ends as a Christian college, but because it's right and it's born of faith and obedience. If we're true to who we are as Christians, as followers of Jesus Christ, as the people of God, then it stands to reason we would want the right things at the center of our lives and of our institution. I counted a great privilege to serve uh, as the president of my alma mater. I transferred to this institution uh, after attending another school briefly. Um, I was there only a short while and transferred to this institution because of its central commitment to the Word of God. In fact, I so believed it as a transfer student, and if so, have uh, been encouraged by those of you who are transfer students that have often remarked we should have a marketing campaign that is eventually you will come here. Okay. I believe that this institution is different because of that central commitment. But I want to state this morning that you're part of an institution that is larger than your own immediate experiences. In fact, if you think about it, students are the most transient part of the Cairn the, the community. You're here for just a few years, Two, three, four, eight, ten. 10, some of you, whatever it takes, right? The idea is you're here for just a portion of time to study, but then your relationship changes. You become alumni of the institution. Some of you will become supporters of the institution. We have alumni who are serving on the board of trustees and on the faculty and staff. You are part of an institution that has been through many changes, one that has faced many challenges, one that has weathered its share of disagreements, one that has endured trials and enjoyed successes, and yet for more than a hundred years, its central commitment to the inspired, inerrant, authoritative, and sufficient word of God has remained firm. And we are committed to making sure that does not change. The Board of Trustees annually affirms the statement of faith and the mission of the institution to make it clear from the highest level of governance that this will not change. Though we may change programs, we may change deliveries, and the campus gets a facelift once in a while, here we will hold that to be core and central to who we are and what we do. You're part of something that has been doing that now for more than a hundred years. We were founded in 1913, a very small Bible institute in the city of Philadelphia. It has become what we know as Cairn University today. You're part of something significant. It's been through world wars and depressions, economic collapses and cultural revolutions. The Lord has seen fit to, to bless and sustain this work for more than a hundred years. And as students who are here now, you do what the faculty and staff who are serving here also do. We all stand upon the shoulders of the men and women that have gone before us, those whom God has used to carry out the work here for more than a century. You're part of something special, something enduring, something with a rich history, but something that is especially rooted in eternal truths, and I want to talk about that today, that you would not see yourself simply as students at an institution with a a great name and a great logo and a great mascot and a great community with a good curriculum and a faculty and staff that love you and you love them, but you're part of something else that is enduring because it holds at its central most parts this firm commitment to truth and to eternal truths. So I do want to talk a little bit about the name. Those of you who are here now came here knowing virtually nothing except Cairn University, but we've had many names in the course of our history. And in 2012, we changed the name to Cairn University. Well, is that significant or is that just something that institutions do? You know, some of you, that Shakespeare wrote, What's in a name, talking about the fact that a rose by any other name smells as sweet. Well, what's in a name, as Shakespeare wrote, sometimes nothing, sometimes a lot. The name we chose in 2012, Cairn University, is full of meaning. It was chosen because it fits with who we are and what we do. Simply put, Cairns are piles of stones that bear witness and point the way. They're used in every part of the world and have been used in human history from the very beginning. And I believe it's important for you to make a connection between the name we bear and who we are as an institution. My first exposure to cairns as a teenager were in the mountains and woods of Pennsylvania to find my way along trails and places uh, that I wanted to visit on hikes or on horse rides. They were trail markers that helped me find my way. But every once in a while, I would come across a cairn that marked a place where someone buried a dog or where someone had gotten engaged or where someone had spread the ashes of a loved one. Cairns throughout history and all over the world do those things. They're memorials. They mark places of significance, and they point the way. Well, this seemed a very fitting name for us at Cairn University because, as you know, and we talked about in Convocation, our tagline, Walk a Different Path, is more than a slogan. It's a call to action. It's grammatically an imperative, and we believe it's a biblical one. Walking is the very first picture we have of God's relationship with humankind as the Lord and Adam walk together in the cool of the day. And the Christian life is referred to as a walk in the New Testament. We're exhorted in Ephesians 4 and elsewhere that we are to walk in a manner worthy of the calling with which we've been called, worthy of the gospel, worthy of the Lord, as wise and not as unwise, as children of light and love, not as children of darkness and hate. And so these are the things that are part of who we are. This is the Christian way, to walk in a manner worthy of of the calling with which we've been called. And so the tagline, walk a different path, seemed to work very nicely with that idea of a cairn and what cairns do. But as we walk, we do not do so without purpose or without aim or without direction. There's a way in which we are to walk, a path we are to follow. There is guidance. There is direction. It's not up to us and we're not left on our own. God has revealed himself to us in his word He has given us truth that we can know and from which we can draw strength and courage and wisdom. His truthful word teaches us. It strengthens our faith. It shapes our minds. It points the way. And we are to teach it. We are to hold fast to it. And we are to encourage and to exhort one another according to it. In other words, we are to point the way that it points out. In this way, our own lives serve as cairns. When the children of Israel were exiled to another land, they were instructed by God to make high heaps along the way so that they would know the way to return to the cities of God. Well, there's only one thing in that part of the world that you make high heaps out of. They're stones. And so there were these cairns built along the way so that when the children of God were to return to the cities of God, they would know the way. This idea of cairns as, as waypoints or as markers, as guides, is a very biblical idea. You want to know where you are to go. Any of you who have been in the wilderness who have found yourself on a trail that's marked by cairns. You can be very grateful for them because you know where you are to go next and beyond that. And so cairns point the way, and that's what the Word of God does for us, and that's what we as Christians are to do for others, to point the way according to God's Word and according to His way. The Bible refers to us as living stones being built up. We are to serve one another in this way, but not in a relativistic way, one that comes back to this idea of knowable truth, of eternal truth, comes back to the Word of God. But there's another aspect of Cairns that are tied to our university verse and to the hymn that we just sang. That university hymn has been a part of our history at Cairn University for a long time. We sing it at every convocation. We sing it at every commencement. I asked Jared to do it today so that you would become familiar with it if you're not already. It's a great passage Uh, A great text built upon a passage of Scripture in Lamentations where the prophet is completely undone. He is broken. His bones are crushed within him. His teeth as though they had been ground on gravel. He has come to the very end of it, and he's ready to quit. He says, I have nothing left to give, no more endurance to press on, yet this one thing I remember. The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is His faithfulness. And from that, He draws the strength and strengthens His faith from that eternal truth to go on despite His circumstances. That's what the followers of God do. We remind ourselves that God is great. His faithfulness is enduring to all generations. That verse and that hymn, they're not just... They're not just things we do as an institution out of tradition. There's theological significance. There's spiritual significance to these things. They carry weight. They're to remind you when we sing them and we read them and you see them on the seal. They're not just there to show who we are as Cairn. They're there to remind you of these truths that you might be encouraged and strengthened in your life and in your faith. It's why the banners exist on the walkways with verses to remind you of those verses that tell us we are to walk in a particular way. Over the weekend, you'll see centerpieces with small cairns, visual reminders. I don't want you to see them as just our namesake and a pile of stones. See the biblical significance. Cairns point the way and they bear witness. This is what we are and what we are to do as an institution and as men and women of God. The university verse that comes from Lamentations twenty-three twenty-three declares the great faithfulness of God and it It informs that hymn that we sing together. And so as the people of God, we are to remember who God is and what he has done, regardless of our circumstances, and we're to remind one another of these things. And in this way, our lives serve as cairns. Cairns are memorials and markers. They tell a story. They provide direction. They bear witness, and they point the way. This is what we seek to do as an institution, and this is what we're called to do as the followers and servants of God through His Son Jesus, and under the enablement of the Holy Spirit. So what's in a name? Oh, so much. And I would argue that you should be thinking about this. It was chosen, that name was chosen for that purpose, to remind us often that as, as an institution we are to bear witness and point the way. This is what we are to do as Christians in testifying to the goodness and grace of God. And there are times when we need things that will provoke us to do that. And so we see that illustrated in this passage of Scripture in in Joshua chapter 4. It's a great story, right? In fact, when we changed the name to Cairn University, we had a trustee who had picked up a copy of a Bible in Scotland that says Joshua crossed the Jordan and built a cairn at Gilgal. Now your ESV, your NIV, your NASB, even your King James, they don't say that, but that's the word for it. A pile of stones that serve as a memorial or a marker like the children of Israel had on the exile road. And Joshua is instructed by God himself to take one stone for each tribe, and when you go across that river, right, and you cross that river on dry ground, you're going to build a memorial to God's grace and faithfulness. And you're going to put those 12 stones there, not just to mark that spot. Some years ago, I was on a, uh, uh, a trip, a fishing trip, and I came across this very elaborate cairn in the woods. And I had said to someone else, "Um, that's a very interesting cairn. It It was large. It was elaborate. It was very artistic. I hadn't really seen one like that in that part before. So I was pretty sure it wasn't just saying, turn here. I was pretty sure that it had some significance to it. It looked like it was made with love. And it was. The couple that got engaged on that spot was actually related to the person that I asked, what's that cairn about? And, and so I asked him, well, what do these stones mean? He says, I think it means they really loved each other. And it's true, I looked at it and thought, yeah, that's what that would mean, right? I have built cairns along the way where I have fallen into rivers, right? It's a bad memory, right? An engagement cairn's a good memory. It doesn't matter whether we're talking about a birth or a death, an engagement, or, or falling into a river, cairns bear witness. But the cairn that Joshua was to build at Gilgal was not simply to say something really cool happened here. There's a narrative that goes along with it. In fact, what God tells Joshua is, take those stones, one representing each tribe, and after you've crossed the river on dry ground, you're going to put those stones into a pile as a memorial. And then, when the children ask, what mean these stones... The parents should be ready to give the answer that on that day, the Lord God brought his children across the river on dry ground. There is a specific testimony attached to that particular cairn. If the cairn cairn is built there and people come by later, generations later, and they see a pile of stones and they say, that's nice, a pile of stones, something must have happened here. The Lord wants more than that from this cairn. First, he wants the children to ask, what mean these stones? What happened here? A kind of curiosity about what God is doing and what occurred, what mean these, we have to be willing to ask the questions, what mean these stones, why are these here? And somebody has to be ready to give an answer. And that answer that the parents were told to give is an answer testifying to the faithfulness, the love, the grace, the mercy, the power of God in fulfilling his promises. Brothers and sisters, Cairns are not meaningless, right? You walk out to a beach and you see hundreds of them, they may lose their meaning. But a cairn built to testify to the faithfulness of God, that's something that should be enduring as long as people ask and we are ready to answer. We don't simply say it's a nice thing. Our lives are being built up. We are trophies of His grace. We're built up to testify to God's love and grace and mercy. Be ready to answer the question, How have you endured? What does your life mean? I am one who was bought with a price. Saved by grace, redeemed through the blood of Jesus, sustained by the power of God, a follower of the Lord and Savior, Jesus. Be ready to give the answer. This cairn that is built at Gilgal is not simply something that was to be done in a perfunctory way and move on. It was meant to be returned to again and again. And so in that way, my prayer is, the university hymn, the university verse, the university tagline, even the name of the university itself would be constant reminders for us both to testify to the great grace and faithfulness and loving kindness of God and to point the way for others. This is the way, walk ye in it. That stuff is so much a part of what the Christian life is to be that it is not simply Promotional materials, or or images on a screen, or things we use to recruit you—it's a calling that your life might be lived with purpose and for purpose. It's all fit together tightly. It's not about this institution; it's about educating you to serve Christ, that you may go out yourselves and bear witness and point the way. What's in a name? A lot. If it's chosen well and with purpose and we talk about what it means, there's quite a lot in a name. So this weekend, while we're enjoying our fellowship together, while you're enjoying time at the garden party and refreshments and one another's company, while you're uh, uh, crowding onto the dance floor, while you're cheering on our teams, while you're cheering on uh, the new mascot, while you're having a good time, all that stuff is to be enjoyed. But I want you to remember this morning that we are part of something larger than your experiences and larger than this institution. We are the people of God, and that should count for something in this world that so desperately needs the love of Christ. Have a great Friday. See you tonight.